Louise McSharry on 2FM. But first, it is time for How to Be an Adult. If you listen every week, you know the story. Basically, in How to Be an Adult, we address something that we feel like we should probably know or we should have picked up somewhere along the line, but maybe you just didn't or like you missed school that day or whatever. And I think one thing that a lot of people are really struggling with at the moment is aches and pains in their body because we've all been sitting in bad chairs, at bad tables, at bad heights. Some of us have been working in bed. I don't know who those people are, but some people have been doing that. Um, and obviously all of that doesn't result in the best kind of physical state of being. So we are so happy to be joined today on How to Be an Adult by Stephen O'Rourke, Senior Physiotherapist at the Point and Spine Care Institute in Dublin. Hello, Stephen. Hi, good morning, Louise. Thank you so much for coming in. No problem. Thank you very, very much for having me. Well, I think loads of people are going to have loads of questions for you. So that's actually something to flag. If you have a question for Stephen, you can send it in to us, 51552. I know I have a friend who's a physio and he gets constant questions like I feel like every time I see him people are asking him their own questions is that your life all the time my yeah. life. <laughs> so yeah send them on never in. tell anyone you're a physio <laughs> um well let's start tell me how you got into physio and kind of what you've been doing because you've had quite an interesting career I think yeah so I definitely was I wasn't always a physio um so I started out I was an actor I trained as an actor at the Samuel Beckett Centre in Trinity College and I worked as an actor for many years um, kind of up and down the country and at mm -hmm. the Abbey. And uh, obviously I got into my late 20s and realised I didn't want to be doing 10 work interviews a week. And most of them didn't come to fruition. Yeah, so that rejection's got to be really hard. It was hard. Yeah. And, you know, kind of once out of life and what you want kind of changes as you get a little bit older. And I realised what I loved about acting was the kind of physical element of it, the body and how the body moves and then I decided to go and retrain as a physiotherapist mm. so I went to RCSI the Royal College of Surgeons and always with the mindset that I would get into performance physio so right. working with kind of dancers actors performers sport um, and stuff like that so I went and worked in Bowmount Hospital for many years after graduating yeah. worked with Dance Ireland developing kind of a healthier dancer program mm. And then I got the opportunity to tour um, China with Riverdance as yeah. their lead physiotherapist. So that was um, an amazing opportunity and mm. adventure. And during that tour, I saw a show in Macau called The House of Dancing Water. So it's from one of the founding members of Cirque du Soleil, Franco Dragon. So it was um, a water show with uh, over 100 uh, acrobats, Red Bull cliff divers, wow. professional ex-Olympic gymnasts. And I just thought, OK, this is what I want to, to do. Yeah, because so, that's people who are really pushing themselves physically. Yeah. And just it was combining both my loves yeah. of like physiotherapy, the theater. Yeah. And I applied and I got the job and I moved to Macau and I was there for nearly four years. And unfortunately, the show closed due to COVID. Yeah. Um, and I decided to come home. So. So sorry, we are going to get into Max now in a second. But I have to ask you, what was it like being in China when COVID was kind of starting? Yeah, it was a bit crazy because it hit there first. And yeah. Macau, for uh, your listeners who might not know, is an old Portuguese colony, a, way, a bit like the way the UK or Hong Kong is a UK yes. colony. Um, so it's quite small. There's about 650,000 people and it's more like an island. So they just closed okay. everything. No one was allowed in unless you were kind of a national um, which meant they kept their COVID cases extremely low. Wow. Which was to protect them because they didn't have enough ICU beds in case things got yeah, a like bit our, hairy. Like ourselves, yeah. But now they're running into problems where um, because they've had a lot of uh, great 
advertisements around Macau being COVID free for so long, um, they've had very little uptake in their vaccine program. Right. Okay. And they've recently had a couple of Delta variants within Macau and now the place is closed down and they've given it kind of everyone in the country 72 hours to get a va- or get a COVID test. Yeah, kind of not dissimilar to Australia, right? Yeah, That's similar vibe. Similar. Yeah, wow. Okay, well anyway, you're home. I'm home. I'm, I'm glad you're home <laughs> and, and you're back. You're working at the, the Point and Spine Care Institute so you're looking at people's backs. Yeah. And I, I, what I'm saying about people kind of struggling be- because of the way we've all been working from home and stuff like that, is that fair? Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I wasn't here during the first lockdown but talking to my colleagues, you know, often people seem to improve during the first lockdown because they had more opportunity for exercise. Right. And then as they became more sedentary because there was more working from home, kids weren't going to school, then we started to see kind of the development of more kind of um, aches and pains, low back pain, kind of issues that people would have managed themselves by going to the swimming pool two or three times a week, right. going to the gym, going for a walk, meeting their friends for a coffee in the park. You know, now those opportunities for non-formal exercise were gone and they started to develop more kind of flare-ups in their pain. Yeah. So then from what you're saying there, obviously one of the best things you can do is move. Yeah. Movement is definitely medicine. It really comes down to that. And, you know, there's lots of um, great campaigns at the moment from the ICP and the HSC around kind of get get moving again post-COVID. And um, really it is you know, all the research points towards exercise. And if you can just get up, get out, get moving, um, really it will help manage your pain. Okay. So what are, what are most people's back pain? Like, what does it come down to? Like, do most people have an actual problem? Or, it, you know, is it because of a lack of movement? Where does it usually come from? Most people don't have a problem. You know, like 2% of back pain is actually serious pathology. So, okay. you know, a good 98% of back pain is non-serious majority of the time it's going to resolve within kind of six to eight weeks Mm. Uh, and often the body will just take its natural course and if you just kind of get moving a little bit better manage your pain kind of pace yourself that kind of stop rest paced mentality it's going to improve okay you know anything that goes beyond the kind of eight weeks to 12 weeks comes into this kind of chronic area and probably then you need to seek help and go to a physiotherapist check in with your gp but the majority of it is non-serious and it's just going to go away on itself so nothing to fear if you're having back pain like i have experienced a little bit of back pain since i had my second baby and i i really feel like i just need to strengthen my back or something what can you do if you feel like you're you're a bit weak in that area (laughs) like i presume you have specific exercises you prescribe yeah and often you know a really good comprehensive assessment by a physiotherapist will kind of be able to identify okay well what are your kind of maladaptive movements maybe you're you're altering the way in which you move there could be a bit of fear of movement you know there's a lot of information out there that's kind of misinformation around like don't bend your back lift with your knees keep it straight spine like some of that stuff has been refuted at the moment really yeah there's lots of well there's research coming from australia saying that actually people who try to adopt a straight back and bend your knees when lifting actually have more back pain is it because they're not doing it right or is it because that's actually not the right thing to do it's just that maybe they're kind of splinting their spine they're kind of they're trying to change the way in which they move well actually they should just move with confidence you okay. know move in a way that they feel confident about lifting okay not have a fear of movement and okay because every time I lift something <laughs> my brain goes lift with your knees lift with your knees lift with your knees bend yeah, your knees if that's like a 50 kg box you know that's fair enough like yeah. keep it close to you you know but if it's a pair of socks or your shoes you know you're <laughs> back is robust and strong and well able to pick up a couple of grams from the floor without yeah. bending your knees. Yeah, I suppose lifting kids as well. Like I think pregnancy can really kind of put a dent in your in your 
back and in yeah. the way that your body yeah. functions normally. And then you go straight into lifting up kids who do become quite heavy. So I suppose all of that plays into each other. Yeah. And, you know, the changes your body go through with pregnancy and kind of after pregnancy and often you see, uh, you know, a greater support during pregnancy because you've got kind of your bump and your increase yeah. in intra-abdominal pressure. And then once that's gone away, we often feel a little bit lack of support or strength around our backs and our spine. And obviously then you've got this new load that you need to be lifting. And yeah. so there's lots of exercise, be it Pilates, you know, um, just starting to work on some strength and control stuff. So, yeah. you know, the World Health Organization's recommendations is not just about kind of physical activity and exercise, but actually doing some specific strength training as well. Yeah. What are some of the biggest mistakes people make when it comes to kind of the way they move their bodies or and, and, and their backs in particular? Often what we see the most where people start to get into this fear of movement or they start to think of themselves as a person with a bad back or they start to adapt kind of weird and wonderful ways of changing the way in which they move throughout their day. And you know, just starting to move normally, not think about how you move, like not help with your hands. We see a lot of hand helpers. Uh, so, you know, reaching for the chair, using your hands on your knees when you stand up and your legs are super strong. And if you take their job away from them, they are going to go on holidays and they're going to start to lose their strength. So, okay. you know, try not to help yourself as much as possible uh, and just move with confidence. I do that all the time. <laughs> okay, <laughs> noted. Um, it's, so it's interesting because uh, what's coming through for me is like that you have to just, it's about using your body mm -hmm. all the time. It, like yeah. that seems to be at the root of everything. Yeah, and it's really that kind of principle if you don't use it, you're going to lose it. You okay. know, and it's it's really trying to keep yourself conditioned, just thinking about, okay, well, what tasks you want to do throughout your day. And, you know, if you wanted to run a marathon, you wouldn't do, you wouldn't run a marathon without training to run the marathon. Yeah. So if you want to be able to lift your child, you want to be able to do the hoovering, the, the mopping, the gardening, you know, you should be physically conditioned and able to do those things. So mm -hmm. the likelihood is you're going to need to do a little bit extra beyond your daily activities to condition your body to be able to withstand that without getting pain. Okay, so the questions are flooding in. So I'm going to give people another couple of minutes to send them in. 51552 is the number uh, if you want to text. You can email louise at rte.ie as well. Um, coming up next, I'm going to play you some music from Jungle and then we're going to have the answers to your questions from Stephen O'Rourke, who is Senior Physiotherapist at the Poynton Spine Care Institute in Dublin. Stick around. Louise McSherry on 2FM. That is new from Jungle. It's truth on 2FM and I am currently joined by the wonderful expertise of Stephen O'Rourke, Senior Physiotherapist at the Poynton Spine Care Institute in Dublin and we are talking back pain and Stephen, the questions are flooding in which I'm not surprised by um, so we might as well just get stuck in. Yeah, perfect. Um, so the first one says, I'm experiencing shoulder pain. It hurts when I try to lift or rotate it, mostly in the mornings and sometimes I feel like if I try to move it then it will pop out of place. It's very sore and getting worse in the last year. Any advice to help the pain and stiffness? Yeah, so there's a couple of things there. I suppose, you know, morning stiffness, there's some kind of gentle exercises that you could do in the bed that just to help it get it warmed up for the day. But that kind of feeling of instability is definitely something that I'd encourage them to go and seek an assessment, you know, a good comprehensive assessment looking at the stability of the of that kind of ball and socket joint around the shoulder to make sure that uh, all the muscles are doing what they're supposed to be doing. And it definitely sounds like they could get some guidance around um, specific exercises that they could be doing to give them a bit more shoulder stability and help reduce that feeling. And the likelihood is that 
those exercises will help in um, improving their morning stiffness as well. It must be very unnerving if you have that feeling that something's going to pop out. Yeah, and generally, you know, it can be a true instability. Um, if you've had kind of episodes of subluxation or dislocation in the past, you are at a higher risk of it developing again in the future. Um, so, you know, there's likelihood is you might have another episode, but there's lots of help and exercise that you can do. That's a bit like brushing your teeth that you might have to do every day to keep all those um, stabilizing muscles active okay. to support your shoulder joint. Okay, well, um, speaking of dislocation, I dislocated my knees, says this text, when I was a teen. Five times, exclamation mark. Uh, five times, that sounds rough. And after multiple MRIs, I was told that my flat feet and my hips were to blame. While I've no pain in my knees now, should I look into insoles to help the knees and hips as I get older? Yeah, I think if the person is not experiencing any pain at the moment, you know, well, then it comes down to kind of preventative stuff. You know, mm -hmm. the, the likelihood is an insole may support their arch or may support their knee, but it could throw things off as well. It could actually, you know, you have to be careful about when you uh, bring insoles into the play and make sure that you gradually introduce them. So you don't just kind of pop them into your shoes one day and decide, OK, I'm going to do all my activities and all my exercise in them. The likelihood is you're going to probably create pa more pain. Yeah. Um. you know, if there's uh, the lower limb is all connected, so the hip connect is supports the knee, the knee supports the ankle. So, you know, often when we look at kind of exercises, particularly around supporting your knees, we'll be focusing on your hip and down at the ankle as well. How important is footwear? Um, it's kind of mixed. You know, there's lots of uh, schools of thought around footwear. Um, definitely, you know, the nice kind of ballet pumps from your pennies and yeah. Converse or, you know, these kind of shoes that don't have a good arch support. They're very flat foot, even... Um, your kind of slippers or flip-flops you know spending long periods of your summer and days in those kind of unsupportive shoes is likely going to create a little bit of ankle knee hip pain lower back pain even what about crocs crocs would be a similar thing so i often just advise patients you know often it's maybe just looking at your own footwear and saying okay well is my runner giving me enough support yeah do they have laces is there kind of that arch support part of it is it very soft and malleable or is there a little bit of uh, kind of support within it yeah yeah which can feel weird if you're not used to it when you yeah. first yeah which is I suppose exactly what you're saying and um, okay George says what's the best way to practice good posture in your 20s if you already don't have the best posture so posture is an interesting debate because like the kind of lifting advice lots of this kind of posture advice that we've had previously is kind of going out the window a little bit excellent news where you know everybody has their own individual posture you know can we change permanent posture unlikely and actually the research is showing that posture is generally as a result of pain rather than posture is creating pain okay and um, so you know it's just about making sure that you're kind of malleable flexible strong I'm sitting up in the move. chair as you're talking yeah, about but, you know if you sit with a straight back in your chair adopting kind of all those lovely signs around the office of that straight spine back posture you're going to give yourself back pain your right. muscles are not designed to be switched on and active and kind of in full 100% go for your whole work day you're going to have kind of achy muscles by the end of the day yeah Good. This is great. I'm so happy to have so permission slouch, to slouch. <laughs> sit into the chair, relax, watch the television, move. Your body is designed to be able to move and bend. You know? Okay, great. Thank you. This is wonderful, Stephen. Jason and Navin said, I've had a pain in my neck and shoulder for a few weeks. I don't generally work at a desk and I haven't changed anything about where I sleep. So I don't think it's that. Could it be stress? Definitely. It can be stress. You know, our um, there's lots of influence on our emotions on our pain so you know especially in that kind of slow pain so that chronic pain 
those messages travel through our brain, through our emotional centers. So, you know, if you're feeling stressed, anxious, worried, fear of the future, fear of movement, all of that will influence your pain and feed your pain. Um, so I often kind of tell the story, you know, if you have a good day and you find out you win the lotto, you got the job of your dreams, you know, you've, you've, you've met someone recently and you're really excited and you stub your toe on the door, you're not going to feel it at all because <laughs> you are feeling good, you know. But yeah. if you, it's raining outside, you've lost your job, the car has been robbed, yeah. the kids are crying and you stub your toe on the door, you you're are going to feel, feel it, it yeah. you know. So really your emotions influence your experience of pain. Yeah, that's such a good way of putting it. Um, next one says, my boyfriend had surgery to have a disc removed a few years ago, but still has pain now. Is there anything he can do for pain, especially after sport? Yeah, I think like what we said before is making sure you're ready for sport, making sure you've kind of conditioned your body to be uh, able to do it, particularly, you know, after any type of spinal surgery, making sure you've got movement in your joints. So, you know, if you've got stiffness in a joint, stiffness is going to cause discomfort or pain. So, um, being nice and limber um, and also kind of heat can help. So heat um, often overrides the pain system to our brain and those messages of the, the thermoreceptors in our muscles and skin travel to our brain quickly and often heat after can soothe, gives you kind of a soothing relief as well. So mm. sometimes popping a, a hot water bottle wrapped in a nice tea towel, don't put it directly onto your skin in case you burn it, can mm. often help with a little bit of post-exercise pain. Okay, and finally... Excuse me. I've recently had an MRI and I have a damaged disc in my back. I'm in the process of going to a physio, but I'm in a lot of pain when I'm sitting or lying down. It isn't as sore when I'm moving. Any advice? So first thing, I would pick out the language used around the disc. So okay. talking about a damaged disc is always already telling me, you know, that the person is worried about their disc, you know, that they're, they're thinking, OK, there's something broken, there's something wrong. And, you know, MRIs are great and we have access to healthcare now more than ever, but sometimes too much information is is unhelpful. You know, if you scanned my neck or my back today, I probably have some herniated discs. And when you read the radiologist report, it's going to sound awful right. because their job is to report on every weird and wonderful little thing that's going on in your spine. Yeah. And generally, you know, that's just all age related change, you right. know, and it's not anything that's serious or sinister. Okay. Um, so I wouldn't focus overly focus on the scan report itself or the fact that you might have a, a disc issue in your back. Yeah. What about the pain, though? Yeah. So um, in relation to the pain, similarly, you know, you can look at kind of medication use to give you a little bit more relief to help with your sleep. You know, sleep is particularly important. If your pain is affecting your sleep, then yeah. something needs to be done to alleviate that. So using heat, positional changes, um, particularly that that person was kind of mentioning that they feel good on movement, but yeah. feel pain while resting. So just looking at kind of how they're resting, are they making sure that they're really relaxing into their chair or they're not adopting those kind of maladaptive postures yeah. and kind of static postures where they're holding themselves stiff or worried. Yeah, um, which makes sense if they're worried about, yeah. yeah, okay, got it. This is so interesting. It's I'm always so interested in the connection between the mind and the body. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's mind blowing. And I often tell patients, you know, you can do all the work on your body and we can do all the exercises and movement, but if you're not meeting that halfway with what how you're thinking about your body then you're kind of only doing half of yeah. the work and we'll only ever get to a certain level of success yeah. with physio that's so interesting do you stretch in the morning Stephen I uh, do and I don't okay. so I give lots of great advice and sometimes I have to <laughs> remind myself that you know 
I tell people to do this every day. Why <laughs> would I doing it? Well, that's why I asked. Because I, I was going to say, try. do you think everybody should be getting up and having a stretch? Yes. And yeah. I kind of often talk about, um, you know, we're so good at uh, instilling great dental hygiene care in our kids mm. from such a young age. You know, we're so worried about decay and, and we give them these stories about black teeth and teeth yeah. falling out of their head. But, you know, if we just did one minute of movement in the morning for our joint and spinal health, you know, that could be transformative for yeah. in our adult life Inter- because we find it difficult to keep those habits up, particularly when pain resolves. We yeah. often find that people stop doing their exercises. And, and then, actually, culturally in China, they're all about that, aren't they? Yes. The, my favorite thing about China was in the evening time. Yeah. Everybody from young and old were on the streets, like dancing, moving their body. You know, they didn't have a care in the world about who was looking at them, um, yeah. which can be a particular Irish thing about, yeah. you know, I don't want to be in the park swinging my arms. But I just loved kind of the, the color of what was happening on the yeah. streets around their spinal health, their joint health. Yeah, I actually saw I was driving by Mountjoy Square recently and I saw three women. I don't know what country they were from. They were Asian women um, and they were walking and they were doing that like big swing of the arms while they were walking. And yeah. I was like, yes, and they do a lot of like padding themselves and like hitting themselves. And, and you know, they, they're really just looking after their joint and body health. Yeah, I love it. Thank you so much, Stephen. No problem. Thank what you an enlightening me. conversation. That's Stephen O'Rourke, Senior Physiotherapist at the Point and Spine Care Institute in Dublin. Thank you so much. Louise Max- Sherry on 2FM.